You're listening to Leading with a Brave Heart, a podcast to help professional women build the confidence to lead with their hearts so that you can lead with confidence and compassion. I'm Michelle Johns and my mission is to help you find yourself instead of fixing yourself. I'm really glad you're here with me. Now onto the show. Welcome to this week's podcast, deep diving a bit on time management. A couple of weeks ago, I did an episode on morning routines and talked about the benefits of having some sort of routine and I shared my routines with you. I was really open about it. So if you want to listen to that one first, it's season two, episode 36. Go back and listen to that and this might make more sense. What I didn't mention in that episode was that I do not always follow my routine. It's the 80-20 rule for everything for me. I'm a recovering perfectionist, which means that every change I used to try to make in my life, like a diet, a new exercise routine, or to follow some sort of plan, even at work, if I didn't meet 100%, I would become self-critical. And then because of this negativity going on, I would become demotivated. Then I would quit or not achieve what I was trying to achieve. So many people can relate to this when setting New Year's resolutions, I'm sure. That's why small changes are more effective, like James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits. So I wanted to go a bit deeper on this in this episode that it's okay not to follow any routines you set 100%, that you can choose not to do your morning routine if you don't want to, if something comes up one day and you don't make the gym and that means you only went twice a week instead of three times a week, it's okay. Focus on the achievement that you followed your routine six days a week or four days or that you went to the gym two times. Woohoo, that's better than none. So in the previous episode on this topic, I shared my routines and how I plan things annually, quarterly, monthly and weekly. And the reason I do weekly is because I like mixing things up and not sticking to exactly the same for the for every single week. And I said I used a to do list because I can't remember everything. I can't hold it all in my brain. And also I can download everything onto paper feel relieved, less anxious, and then I can focus more in the moment instead of having all the thoughts popping up in my head and distracting me like, have you done this? Have you done that? Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to to do that. So since that episode, I've been asked by a few people, how do you do this planning and list taking and make it effective? And I realized it can be really hard or, you know, somewhat hard or difficult to establish these practices. So I wanted to answer that on this episode here. Let me start off by firstly saying I have tried and failed at this many times. And on reflection, I now view all of this a little differently, that I was experimenting and that I have continuously evolved my practice. 
and now I see my practice as working. It may not be working any more than it was before, but it's how I'm viewing it. So my first offering is for you to stop and reflect here and see what you're already doing and see that it's already working. And we can all look out for new ways to refine our practice rather than seeing what you do now as a failure. So I finally stopped criticizing myself for not having the perfect organization process. And um, clearly this was because I was being a perfectionist. But there is no perfect way to organize anything. There's no perfect way to live life. So number one for you listening is to recognize that your planning and your organizing um, practice, your to-do list, your post-it notes, your diaries of all the things you do now, that they are your practice and they're working in some way. You're getting through life. You're getting to work on time most days. You're getting to your children's sporting events. You're cooking dinner for yourself. You're meeting work deadlines and so on. What you're likely doing is focus, focusing on that one time you were late to a meeting and someone noticed and called it out, or the time you slept past your alarm and you rushed to get the kids to school on time, or they missed the swimming practice or whatever it was. So before jumping onto my way of organizing things that I'll share here, the first thing is to check what you're already doing, what's working, what could change Then when you listen to my way or someone else's, you may be reading books here and there or reading up on some famous person's daily routine, you can mindfully decide what you could add to your life or improve your organizational skills or reduce your anxiety. Just to call out here, go back to episode 36, where I did talk about the benefits of having some sort of routine and schedule. Or you can consciously choose what new ideas you would like to experiment with. Now, I still hear or come across new ways and practices from others, and I may in, you know, choose to introduce them into my life and see how they go. I really love variety, so I like to play around with different ideas and continually change things up. So when you listen to what I offer you today, Uh, It's not as rigid as it sounds because I'm always evolving it or tweaking it if you like, but I will tell you where I'm at right now in today's world and in, in, um, (laughs) in this week or month, what I'm up to and how I'm managing things. Okay, in saying all that and making those disclaimers about not throwing everything out and starting again, I'll share some of my processes and tools that you may like to try out or consider yourself. Now, for my annual planning, this is a creative process. I have a whiteboard and uh, some people come to my house and say, why do you have a whiteboard in the middle of your lounge room? Uh, You may be more technology based, but I find for the creative side, I need to step away from the computer, walk around, stand up and so on. You could use paper or electronic whiteboard, whatever you like. You probably have something that you already do now when you're creative, so think about that. I start with getting out all my ideas, what I would like to achieve in the next 12 months. I don't use a linear approach here. I just get it all out. And then I might come back to it with a view of what is on for the year ahead, all the things in the calendar, the holidays, the events, the projects, whatever it is, and 
think about if you work in finance, you might have a year end and a half year end. You need to block out and make sure that you're not uh, like putting too much in there. If you're in retail, start blocking out Christmas and Easter and so on, whatever that is for you. So a good place to start is looking at last year and what things were, what busy times came up or what you had on and things like that. Then I look at what time I have for the year and prioritise what I can achieve. For this purpose, I don't really want to go too depth about the planning because I did an episode on my planning process back in December. So you could go back to season two, episode 28 to go into that if you like. So the main thing is annual planning is more creative, visual, unstructured. And the tools I use are firstly a whiteboard and then I get a calendar out. Now, I use a big 12-month calendar from the Frankie magazine. If you've heard of that magazine, I don't um, get paid to recognize them or anything. They're just what I use. And that comes in the November issue every year. And I block out holidays and events first. And it's like a, um, it opens up, it's not a magazine size, it's four times that, so it's quite big. And then I use an Excel sheet, and I set up this years ago with, um, in Excel, so you might just like to use anything else. I just like to have it there, and then I change it over from the year before, and um, I put in all the detail there, and I just play around with it first, because it's all on one page, and I can go up and down on Excel, and I'm good with Excel. So that works for me. You might like to use something else, even written down or Word doc, or just go straight into your calendar. But I find the online calendar, you you need to flip through all the months. So this is something that's easier to go up and down and have a look visually. Then once I'm okay with that, I put things into my online calendar. This is just how I work. Once again, don't throw out everything and try this from scratch. Just pick up what you think you might like to take from this. Now for my business, I also use PowerPoint. So I capture all my goals in there and I keep that for the year to refer to throughout the year and I make it quite visual. So it's nice and engaging for me to come back to. Now then when it comes to quarterly planning, that's when I use a project management tool. Now I use Asana. I just use the free version. There's other tools out there. There's Trello. I didn't really enjoy that one myself, but I know a lot of people who use that one. There's Monday. I haven't tried it because I was already using Asana well, and I didn't want to disrupt that, even though it sounded awesome. So I haven't tried Monday. So I use Asana every day. It's open on my computer. It's the first tab on the left on my browser. Um, And whatever I'm working on, I have in there. Now, I also have this on my phone. So say you find something like this helpful and you're at work and they use particular apps and you can't use this app on your work computer, you could have this on your phone and um, it's there for you every day. So this is where I start to, so I'm talking about quarterly planning now, where I start to flesh out all the details on a quarterly basis. So the first thing I put in is the um, tasks that I need to do in the next quarter and um, I uh, and what I do is look at the next quarter and go okay two weeks before that quarter starts I'll need to do this planning for that quarter so I put that task in then I put in all of the tasks I know um, that I have to do and I put them in a day somewhere even if at the quarterly planning stage I just put all the tasks on a Monday ready to be allocated later that's okay too. Now there are different views in Asana and other tools. So you can look at this as a list 
Or you could do what I do and look at it as a calendar view. And I find this a good starting point. And it means that when I get to monthly planning, it's less overwhelming. Now, each quarter, I'm doing the quarterly tasks, but I'm also then looking at that particular month. So this is where I get into that monthly planning. So each month, um, so that's every third month, I get more granular on that particular month. So this means I check my calendar and make sure that the tasks I've allocated can be achieved. If I cannot achieve all of those, I need to delete some and say this just needs to go or I delay them. So this is where I would open the calendar on Asana and move things around in the calendar. So if I put them all in Monday or Saturday or Friday, wherever, I will then move them to particular days. And you, you know, depending on how you work, you might only want to have a couple of tasks on each day and things like that. Now, if I were to offer up some advice here, I would say stop here and ask yourself, am I putting regular activities into my project management tool or to-do list and um, if I am don't put them there take them out put them straight onto your calendar with a reminder set so if it's a regular yoga class or your weekly planning time or exercises or trip to the market wherever you can already put it in the diary don't put it in your to-do list just put that straight into your diary I've found in the past where I've put like exercise onto my to-do list and then it comes to Wednesday and I'm already behind because I didn't do any exercise on Monday or Tuesday. So this is um, where I do that really detailed planning, if you like. Now, it's a plan and I don't always stick to it. That's why I do weekly planning. Now, you can see how this will all be quite easy when you get to the weekly planning there's less overwhelm because there's a lot of things already fleshed out for you when you come to your weekly planning because the monthly planning is done. So I just need to sit down at the start of the week and plan out the week. Now, I have a practice of doing this on Sunday nights. Um, I like to get out my physical me goals diary. So I've talked about electronics so far, but I do have a um, paper-based or a diary I carry around. I don't really carry it anywhere. kind of sits around in the house. So my me goals diary, I get that out. I look at the week ahead and I put all the events I've already scheduled on my online calendar or wherever, monthly um, calendars. And I put that into my me goals diary for the week. And then I schedule in my weekly activities. So this is where I get to mix up the week and I say, when am I going to do my two strength classes, when am I going to do my three cardio, when am I going to do my yoga, am I playing golf this week, is it going to fit in, when am I visiting the family, and then obviously all the work commitments and so on. Now this means I can fit them in around what's already there at the time. I don't have to be so planned out for the whole month, I can just do that each week. Any dinners or coffees I've organized and make sure I leave gaps to be spontaneous. And um, also there's things like that I haven't included here, like my morning routine, because that is just inbred in me. It's my habits, habitual in the morning. So that's already there. If you need to schedule that time in while you're building a habit, if you have like a morning routine or a, or a 
short walk after work to um, de like de stress, and you're not doing that now as a habit, then you might want to put that in your diary. I've left that out because they are just such um, habits of mine now. Now I can see here if I did miss something or I've overcommitted, and I. And this Sunday night, I can text a friend and say, hey, can we reschedule things? Or I can make a call on Monday morning to change things around. I don't want to start the week feeling anxious about all that I have to get done. So you can see on Sunday night or I see on Sunday night if I've got any of that, you know, overcommitment for the week and I can move things around. Now, this is where I'd also love to throw in some other advice. Leave time in your week for interruptions. If you're planning your work week, so you're looking at your work calendar, I know it's Sunday, you might not do it Sunday, Um, it's so much better if you've organized the week. So you you may be someone who can do this Friday afternoon before you leave the office, but this never worked for me. I just wanted to get stuff done and get out of the office on a Friday. So I prefer to use 15 minutes of my personal time on a Sunday to prefer, you know, to prepare for the week ahead. So what you my advice here is to um, leave that time for interruptions and so on and then for any big meetings that you have coming up in the week create what I like to call padding around that meeting so space before the meeting to mentally prepare and space after the meeting to reflect on how it went and this is really good for your personal development if it's a meeting that you know it's a big meeting where you're presenting or you have challenging people in that meeting or you you want to speak up in that meeting and you want to um, do a really good job. So I, I like to pad those meetings out. Also, if you need to block out time the afternoon before to prepare, do that now as well on the Sunday. At this point, my me goals diary and my Asana board match for the tasks allocated. My me goals diary and my online calendar all match for my scheduled appointments, if you like. So just so you're aware, I also use the me goals diary for the annual and monthly sort of planning, but it's only where I capture it after it's all done. I don't really use it too much as a general rule. It's just how I capture it afterwards. So it's all in there. That's just how I do it. So that gives me a little bit of certainty that everything's covered and I can now relax on a Sunday night, have a bath or do a facial or watch something on Netflix in my PJs with a candle on. They're the things I like to do on a Sunday. So as far as a daily practice goes, daily I refer to my to-do list, ticking things off and completing them in a sauna and seeing the little unicorn jump into the air. That's how it works there. My online calendar is used for all my meetings and often there's, you know, Zoom links or Teams links in there or phone numbers and all those sort of things. Now, if you are at work and so if I'm a a client all day, I just block out that whole time in my calendar and I use the company calendar to manage my meetings at work. So I do that because I'm not always able to sync them. So if you're not able to sync your work calendar and your home calendar, you can just block out your home calendar, you know, the whole week I'm at work these times and these hours, and then you can use your company calendar, online calendar. Uh, That's what I do as a daily practice. So I wanted to throw in one more thing. I'm a visual person. So remember that Frankie magazine I told you about? 
and I have that up on my wall so I can see the whole year and all my holidays coming up and all of that, I also use the calendar that they provide each month. Well, actually, the Frankie magazine is issued every two months and it has the two calendars in it. That one, I put things on it so I can visually see it and put it on my fridge so I can always see it. Now, I do a lot of working from home, so that works for me. So this is me. This means I can be focused on the present or focused and be present with people and know that I'm not going to overlook things and not going to be up in my head all the time. So this brings me to a couple of things that I do throughout the day because I've got everything covered um, and I have a lot on my to-do list. I like to block time in my day to focus on one thing. And the way I, um, that way I know that I can be that present person with people and with tasks and not be right up in my head thinking about everything. Now, I do a a thing a lot where I set a timer for 25 minutes on my phone and I know that it's going to go off and let me know the time's up so I can completely focus on what I'm doing. You might use that for 25 minutes. You might use it for different periods of time and so on. Other things I do daily is take breaks to stretch, breathe, eat. Now, this may sound really obvious, but these are things I did not consciously do early in my career, and I have a back injury because of that. Obviously, there were times in my life where I was very stressed and burnt out because I wasn't breathing properly and um, eating properly and so on. So just in wrapping up, if you don't follow your routine or schedule 100%, it's okay have self-compassion and recognize the 80% of the time that you did stick to your plan. Celebrate what you achieved instead of criticizing yourself for the things you didn't achieve. So that's a wrap. I hope this week has given you the permission to create a routine, start making small changes in your day or your week, and most importantly, I'm hoping you're giving yourself the grace and compassion to not need to do everything 100%. Until next time, have an awesome week.